Hello, I'm Ben Barr, CEO of We Unity. Welcome to Catalyst Conversations, your regular dose of insight into the hearts and minds of the Australian leaders driving change. Our guest today certainly fits that description as we welcome Anthony Rich, Global CEO of Hotel Group, TFE Hotels. Now, it's no surprise to see Anthony at the head of this multi-brand hotel giant with 20 years' experience driving global success for the Westfield Corporation from Australia to the US and UK. This is a man who lives and breathes customer experience, and he clearly doesn't mind a bit of travel either. Now, as the COO of Westfield Labs, he was responsible for digital transformation and innovation across the organization. He's an impressive and inspiring leader who truly cares about his work, and in particular, about the people he works with. Now, we've been lucky enough to collaborate with TFE Hotels on some exciting projects, helping them to build their brands through their people over the past couple of years. In today's conversation, Anthony spoke to me about the year that was and how it's impacted his organisation and shares the secrets that have driven TFE Hotel success throughout this very challenging time. I think what really shined through in our discussion was his regard for the fundamental role of his employees in delivering on the brand's promise. But perhaps I should let Anthony speak for himself. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I certainly did. Anthony, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Ben. Great to see you. Awesome. So, uh, look, just just to get us going, you're opening 11 hotels in the next nine months. Am I correct in saying that the pandemic's accelerated your business? Well, I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's twofold. Any any business that is successful in a crisis or coming out of a crisis has to have be able to have a dual focus during that period. Usually you want to have a single focus for a business, but during a crisis, you need to have two. You need to have a unwavering focus on the demands of the current environment uh, in particular, be those operational issues, organisational issues, financial issues, et cetera. And so you need a team that's closely focused uh, on that on a daily basis. Uh, and that has to be the priority. But then you also need this ability to have the dual focus on the future uh, and the ability of where the company is going still as you make your way through a crisis. And, and it's in that element there that the growth of the business has continued to uh, to see great strides. You know, we've opened now uh, our third hotel since the, the crisis began. We opened one in Melbourne earlier on in the year and then we just on the 1st of October actually opened our, uh, our first collection property over in New Zealand uh, with the Hotel Britomart. And then about 5,000 kilometres away over in Perth, we opened the new Vibe Subiaca. And then we have uh, we do have uh, another opening this week in Auckland. And then we'll have uh, another hotel in uh, Hobart coming. And so it is part of having that dual focus. But the key from an organisational perspective is that you've got teams that can, can, um, that can divide up and really have those dual focuses. Yeah, that's that's incredible growth. So good, good on you and the and the team. Let's talk a little bit about innovation, right? So, so the hotel industry is constantly having to reinvent itself. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole heap of brands. What sort of innovation can your customers get excited about? Give us a a taste of what's coming. Look. I think there's some interesting technology that's coming. You know, through the industry right now, there's technology that you'll see that will continually roll out. There's all the operational changes that are happening around uh, around cleaning and presentation, et cetera, of, the, of, the, of all hotels, and that's really setting a new bar, which I think is a fantastic ongoing thing for the, for the industry. 
and those technology that's being uh, utilised uh, behind that. There's also technology that is really backing up the social distancing aspects and the ability for the customer to have uh, be more in control of their environment. So a lot more happening on the customer's phone, the ability to take controls for a room, controls for checking, controls for access, et cetera, onto the, uh, onto the mobile of the customer. But really what, I, what I'm most excited about is the, is the innovation that will happen around experiences. Because coming out of this, that's what people travel for. They travel for the experiences. They don't travel because of they want to go through processes and procedures designed to help give them a, a quality of state, but they're, they're travelling for their experiences. And the innovations that will come around experiences, I think, are going to be key. And what I think you're going to see is you're going to see hotels that are far more engaged with their local environments. And that's where I think a lot of travel is going to change. The hotel is moving from a place that, uh, that you stay to the, one of the, the absolute core aspects of your entire trip. Now, you've seen that over the years around resorts, et cetera. That's always been part of that. But I think you're going to see that a lot more now in the, in the CBD properties also. That's where I see a, a, uh, a hotel like the Hotel Britomart that's just launched in the heart of Auckland. It's truly integrated into the experience of the Britomart precinct that, that surrounds it, the warehouses and the laneways, et cetera, actually make their way through the base of the property. And the, and the, the dining options sort of flow into this laneway as well. And you've got the open, the, the hotel lobby itself opens up into this, this experience. And you actually feel like you're staying in the precinct, which I think is very exciting. You see the same with what we opened at Vibe Darling Harbour, um, the way that that connects to the immediate environment around it is truly integrated into the, the streetscape, but also the uh, Chinatown, which is nearby, etc. So I think people are going to be looking more for the experiences of the hotels connected to their local environments. And that's where I'm, I'm very excited by a lot of the innovation. That sounds incredible. I mean, you know, from, from managing my experience through my phone, I'm assuming I can design my own burgers uh, in room service, <laughs> but through to the architecture of sort of being integrated in that environment. So we've talked about technology. We've talked about the, you know, the architecture and the, and the, and the environment. Let's talk about people for a minute. Sure. Um, you've got a lot of brands from, you know, Savoy through to Adina. What role do your employees play in delivering the brand and delivering the brand promise to the customer? Absolutely. Well, look, the, the brand always starts with an experience that somebody has at one location. Um, so someone always has to start their experience with a brand in some way, whether or not that's a consumer uh, goods product or, or it's a hotel. So when you're talking about a multi-branded hotel group um, and you're talking about hotel uh, brands that go across multiple hotels, the first experience is with an individual location. And that experience comes about through individual interactions that they have with the team and with the actual asset and the, and the, and the property itself. And so those team members play such an integral role of setting the standards for the brand and setting the expectations that customers have for a brand. So for, a, for a, um, a, a guest to arrive, they're greeted, how they are greeted, how they first interact with staff sets the tone for their entire experience. And so there's nothing more important um, than the way that, a, uh, that the team members on site deal with the uh, guests and interact with the guests and their relationships with the guests to setting the tone for a brand. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Because you're almost, you do all this great brand work and then you're at the mercy of a few individuals at the front yep. line who either deliver on it or they don't. That's it. Um, and so that's why it's important to have a team and a culture 
um, that is consistent through an organisation. And it comes through the team members themselves starting to support each other, looking out for each other, but having a clear set of objectives that the team have, having a clear idea of what the culture of the company is, what the expectations are of guest service, and being able to see that rolled out uh, nationally or, or internationally. You're talking about culture and cultures everywhere these days. It's on the front of the AFR, uh, you know, not not so much in a positive context, but certainly in this conversation, um, you know, what role would you say culture plays in your brand strategy? You know, because for a lot of for a lot of organisations, you've got culture over here being designed by HR, and then you've got brand over here being designed by marketing. Uh, It sounds like you're really thinking about the two with a symbiotic relationship. Tell us a bit about that. Well, they have to in hospitality because, as we were talking about before, unlike a consumer good where the customer's interaction with that brand is with a product, the customer's interaction with our brands is with our people. Um, And so that's where culture comes into play in absolutely everything that we do. You know, the culture, as we were talking about, it sets the tone for how someone interacts with a customer. And so we have a a culture within the company uh, which, from a customer-facing perspective, is around a high level of service delivered in a casual and approachable fashion, which we believe it really embodies that Australian-New Zealand form of hospitality. Now, how that then translates through the rest of the business means that within the organisation as well, we have to be have a high level of quality, but our interactions also need to have a casual element to them as well. And so we are a, we're a very open organisation. We're, we're quite flat in our organisational structure. We have direct contact with our team members as much as possible and, uh, and getting around to the various hotels. In my first year, one of the key things that I had with our 70-odd hotels um, throughout the world was getting to every hotel. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, I, I missed out on two of the 73, but I'll get to them as soon as I can, wow. uh, as soon as I can get back, back down there. But being out there in the field with the teams is what is key. And that then flows through. So you can't have one culture, which is your external sort of the way that you want the business to project itself and then a different culture internally. That's not sustainable. And at the end of the day, it's not authentic. And then what that then leads to is a disconnect for the for our team members that are that are uh, that are out with the customers on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just listening to you talk there, it certainly sounds like you're focused on only making promises that you can deliver. Which is, yeah. which I guess, is is critical. But you've, I'm just noting some of the words you're using. You know, authenticity, transparency, openness. Is that you? Is that you as a as a person, as a leader? Do you set that tone? Yeah, I think that that's it's necessary to be able to conduct yourself that way in business these these days. And if you're you want that from your team, it's something that you have to reflect uh, as well in the way that you conduct yourself. There's there's no benefit in business to not being transparent. The more that people understand what you are trying to achieve, um, be that your team members, be that your other stakeholders, um, you know, the more that you can actually achieve common goals together. It's when people don't understand each other or they have assumptions about someone else's uh, requirements or goals, et cetera, that you lead to a disconnect. So transparency, I think, is one of the key things in business. There's transparency and then having those clear goals that everyone aligns around and the people understanding why those goals are set 
how they lead to the type of uh, business that we that we want to be and why that business that we want to be will lead to success. Yeah, con- context is so important, isn't it? Just giving giving people clarity around the why. Yes. You would you use the word disconnect just now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a group. You're a group of multi brands, and you're global. So there are lots of multi-brand clients now with some of them the brands talk to each other in others they don't want anything to do with each other what's what's your view on the on the value of group can they all just go and do their own thing or 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 do you really make them feel like they're part of one group yeah we have them as part of one group so the way that we're structured organizationally is cluster and regionally based so we'll have multiple brands within a region so a region and our regional teams will have multiple brands that work within within that. And then the brands are, uh, are looked at nationally and internationally for consistency. But the teams are, uh, at a regional level have multiple brands to look after. That's where the collaboration and, and close working relationships really, really come to play. And so that type of structure of being regionally based versus individually siloed brand based allows us to have the type of culture um, that, uh, that, that encourages the type of collaboration and working environment that we're looking for. Now, what's key in those types of environments is also having champions for the brands, though, within each of those, because there are different types of experiences that you have between select service um, properties, for example, to lifestyle properties, to boutique properties, um, et cetera. And it's a different type of of, uh, experience that people have. And it's a different type of brand execution that comes. Now, you always want the same level of service, you know, that same uh, desire to high quality service uh, delivered in a in a casual but friendly way. But there's different amenities, there's different, uh, there's different styles of properties, there's different experiences that people will have. And the brands need to be able to differentiate for that. So whilst we have a regional structure to be able to create that collaboration, that key focus, our individual hotel teams are then focused on their brand and how that brand works. And then they have a relationship with the brands within their within the uh within within their portfolio well it uh, sounds like it's a sort of a healthy balance of empowerment for each brand but equally thinking as a as a as a collective yeah and balance is the right term yeah yeah it, there were, there's often this sort of focus of what are the moments that matter across the group but then what are signature moments yeah. for each brand yes and i think getting that that right is 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 often the, the trick isn't it or the, the puzzle just with all the growth that's going on at the moment, what countries, I'm curious, what countries are, you know, future destinations? What's really growing? Where are you, where are you projecting your, your investment uh, geographically? Sure. We've been fortunate in our, uh, in our uh, markets that we're in, uh, Australia and New Zealand. And then within Europe, we're, we're in Germany at the moment and Denmark. And then we have, uh, we're moving into Austria and Switzerland. And in each of those markets, um, the, the, the local governments have tended to be more successful in their, in their management of, uh, of the current crisis. But if I focus on Australia and New Zealand for a moment, Australia and New Zealand have an opportunity coming out of the crisis. The brands of Australia, the brands of New Zealand have come through this very well. I think the world looks 
to the, the way that Australia and New Zealand have been able to manage this. Now, we have the benefit in Australia and New Zealand of both being islands um, and both being, you know, um, remote in our uh, location within on the globe. But the, the way that it's been managed, is, I think, has been well received uh, globally. So as it starts to open back up, I think there's some of the things that will, will come into play as people start to really determine where do I want to go, where do I want to be, where can I be well looked after, et cetera. Now, taking that as well from a domestic perspective, um, what's happening right now is Australians love to travel. So do New Zealanders love to travel. If we can't travel overseas, we'll travel domestically. We just we won't stop travelling, um, and what I think is an absolutely wonderful thing that's occurring right now. Australians are exploring Australia, every corner of the country. They're moving around and they're re-engaging with uh, with Australia. And I think that long term is going to serve us extremely well as a as a country and extremely well as a uh, because the best ambassadors for us uh, are, are our uh, citizens that uh, talk to the country and, and, and then travel as well. The same is happening in New Zealand. We're seeing a fantastic amount of travel within New Zealand uh, right now. New Zealand's moving and then there's hopefully the bubble will come together. Australia and New Zealand will move in that fashion. So uh, I'm very excited about uh, how uh, in particular Australia and New Zealand are coming, are going to uh, uh, track as they come out of this crisis. Yeah, it's it's. I guess that's always the thing, isn't it? There's a shadow side, but then there was there's always a sort of positive to to any situation. I guess in this case, more disposable income uh, being spent domestically. Personally, are you are you going to uh, explore any particular part of Australia with uh, with your family? Yeah, I am actually. I um I spent a couple of years living in Adelaide earlier on in my career, and I'm really looking forward to getting getting back to Adelaide and uh, taking my family around Adelaide and up into the hills, etc. I've never had the opportunity to properly explore Tasmania, and that's something which I am really looking forward to being able to do. And then, uh, you know, I want to get I want to get up to the Northern Territory. I could keep going, actually. I, we want to explore the whole country. There's so much to see. Uh, there is, there's so much to see in Australia. It's it's incredible uh, yep. from that perspective. And so, the uh, but yes, I think you know, we'll, we'll definitely be as a, as a family seeing a lot more of the country. Yeah. There's always been a psychology with traveling, hasn't there? It's always like, unless I'm getting on a plane and going overseas with my passport, mm-hmm. I'm not really going anywhere. But actually, <laughs> this is this is nicely going to dispel that uh, that myth. So, look, final question from from me: What's the next big thing that you're working on? Give us give us a, a glimpse of uh, you know something that's up and coming that we can get excited about. Sure. Um, so we have a new brand that we're going to be launching. It's um, it, it's going to be launching first in Melbourne. It originates out of Singapore, and the the name of the brand is Quincy, and it's got a history in Singapore. But what we're doing by bringing that to Australia is bringing really the essence of the uh, the flavours, the sights, and sounds of Southeast Asia into into Australia and into hospitality, right in the heart of Melbourne. So the key with this hotel is it's going to be a different experience to other types of traditional hotels that you have in that market it's a very vibrant experience as you walk in and we'll have three we'll have three uh, different uh, dining options within them all with a southeast asian uh flavor to it we're pulling together a fantastic team um, with experience and exposure in these uh, uh, in, in these markets and i think that's going to be something that's going to be very different to the uh, to the australian hospitality 
industry. You'll see it in the design. You'll see it in the in the uh, the way that the the team members interact, and you'll see it particularly, as I said, in the in the besides the sound, importantly, the flavors uh, that will come out of uh, Southeast Asia for that. So we're very excited about the launch of Quincy in Melbourne, which will be uh, early next year. Brilliant. Well, we'll look forward to hearing more about uh, about Quincy and uh, getting down there to experience it. And before I let you go, there's one question that I do need to ask uh, mm-hmm. everyone that I interview, um, and that is if if you could travel back in time and visit yourself on day one of this job, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the, the biggest uh, advice that I'd give myself is to get out to the field early, regularly speaking to people, spending getting that time to speak with people early on. I had that opportunity and then obviously we had the pandemic, but it's been the one thing that has really put me in good stead. I'm so pleased that I was able to get out to the field before we went into this lockdown. Um, I simply would not be in the position of understanding of the business and connection with the business if I hadn't been out in the field and travelling as much as I had. I'm a true believer in, as a philosophy, management by walking around. Um, and uh, you, you never get the feel of a business uh, until you're out in the field. And that is what I'd say would be uh, the advice that I would uh, reinforce with myself of a year and a half ago to, uh, to, to do. And, and also, to be honest, it's the most enjoyable aspect of the job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'd say you you did more than get out in the field, Anthony. You visited sixty eight out of seventy hotels. Yes, it, was uh, a, it was a lot. It was a lot of a lot of travel, but but truly enjoyable. And um, but I, I think I think you're right. There's, you know, there's this there's this common theme of connection. Um, get connected. You know, physically, and um, you know, hopefully this pandemic eases off soon, so we can we can do we can all do more of of that. Uh, I want to say thanks again for joining us today, sharing some insights. It's an incredible story and, and you guys are clearly on a, on a fantastic trajectory. So we wish you and the TFE team all the best. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Ben. That's all for today's Catalyst Conversation. If you found the content valuable, why not rate, review and subscribe to this podcast as well as share it with others in your community. I genuinely believe guests we bring onto the show have some unique wisdom and insight to share And why not continue the conversation over on our LinkedIn page in the comments of each episode? If you're navigating change, transformation, or innovation in your organization, we'd love to share, learn, and co-create with you. So head over to weareunity.com for some more thought leadership and case studies. I'm Ben Bars. Keep growing. Keep contributing.